3: what's up everybody i'm gammy and this is positively gam last season i did an episode on retirement this time i want to focus on how to save for your retirement because i really don't think i did that all that well i'm excited to have a financial expert join me on today's episode so let's get into it Bola Shikumbi is a certified financial education instructor, finance expert, best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Clever Girl Finance, a financial education platform and community for women empowering them to achieve financial wellness and live life on their own terms. Hi, Bola. Welcome.
4: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
3: I'm at the age where a lot of my friends are retired or starting to retire, and we're constantly talking about how we wish we knew to save earlier in retirement. And I definitely did not do that. And I think it's really difficult for people a lot of times because we get so overwhelmed with just making it day to day, you know, making sure you have enough funds to pay the bills. And then, you know. You're trying to set aside funds for, you know, to be able to enjoy some vacation. And I think when you're young, you just don't think about retirement. It seems like it's so far away.
4: Yes.
3: (laughs) So when should people start saving for retirement?
4: Well, the best time to start saving for retirement is pretty much today, as soon as you can. Right. And this is because of the power of time and your ability to take advantage of compounding appreciation and dividends. However, even if you are starting late, it's important to keep in mind that retirement is not a day. So the average retirement lasts about 20 to 25 years, and most people don't get to the standard retirement age of age 65 and just stop working. Many people take on second careers, take on part-time jobs, etc. So there is the opportunity that if you're starting late with saving for retirement, that you can also take advantage of catch-up opportunities with things like the IRA, uh, the Individual retirement account where for 2022, you can contribute up to $6,000. But if you're over 50, you can contribute $7,000. And then also catch up savings with things like the 401k, 403b, et cetera, where you can save an extra, I believe, $6,500 if you're over the age of 50. So there are opportunities for you to catch up. But while you're young, the best time to start saving for retirement is right now. So
3: (laughs) is that like
4: as soon as you start working? Yeah. So as soon as you get that first paycheck, you know, and you lay out your budget, one of your goals should be to think about your future self and put a small percentage aside, right? The more time you have, the less amount of money you need to save because over the long term, that money will compound and appreciate and gain dividends as that investment grows. So, you know, while you're young, you get your first job, start saving.
3: Okay. So as an older person, let's say in your 50s, Right. Mm -hmm. How much what percentage of your salary would you be needing to put aside
4: compared to, you know, a young person who's just starting out? It really depends. I would say that for an older person, you definitely want to take advantage of those catch up savings. So with the IRA, like I mentioned, there's that extra thousand dollars you can save with the 401k, 403b, uh, 457b's there as the extra sixty five hundred dollars you can save And then whatever else you have to spare after you have met your day-to-day obligations, your other shorter-term goals, you can think about putting that towards retirement. It's important to keep in mind that you, when it comes to retirement savings, right, when you get to your retirement age that you decide to retire, you're not going to cash out your entire retirement portfolio in that one day. Ideally, what you're going to be doing is taking out A certain amount every year, which means that you still have a chunk of money that can continue to grow for you even during retirement. So you want to think about taking advantage of those catch-up savings and then contributing whatever else you have extra towards saving for retirement.
3: I guess I was thinking more of a percentage, like 15%, 20% of your Mm -hmm. salaries you put aside compared to a younger person who may only need to put maybe 5%, like I don't know.
4: Yeah. So It's kind of hard to say because it really depends on the person's financial obligations. The rule of thumb is that you should put aside 10 percent of your income. That's the general rule of thumb. But if you're trying to catch up, then 15 to 20 percent, it all depends on your obligations in terms of housing, you know, how much you're paying for housing, how much you're paying for your other financial obligations. But a rule of thumb is 10 percent. And then if you are trying to catch up 15 to 20 percent or more, if you can fit it into your budget.
3: So what are some of the most common challenges when it comes to saving for retirement? The bills that you have, your daily expenses, are those the kinds of things that kind of get in the way of saving for retirement?
4: Absolutely. So a lot of people worry about just not having enough in their paycheck to save for retirement. A lot of people worry about the fact that or they kind of give up a little bit if they didn't start early enough. And they're like, okay, what's the point? I'm not going to be able to save much. And then a lot of people worry about not having enough when they get to retirement, even though they're saving right now. A lot of, you know, a lot of what I see is people worrying about how do I make get spare money within my existing budget to put aside for my future self when life is happening to me right now?
3: And how can people leverage an IRA or 401k for retirement?
4: Basically, you set up an account, right? You can set up, depending on your employment status, your employer may offer you a retirement savings plan that you can set up and have automatic payroll deductions taken out of um, your paycheck or you don't have to worry about it. You just set up your percentages or you can open your own account with a brokerage, right? Like mm-hmm. a T-Row Price, a Vanguard, a Fidelity, for example, open your own traditional IRA savings account and start to make contributions that you build into your budget into that account every time you get paid.
3: Okay. Now, what about people that don't want to just have their money sitting in a bank? What are some other ways that you can Invest or other ways that you can get a good return on your dollars. Like I, somebody who never still don't understand stocks and bonds, but I know and cryptocurrency. Like I, that's like speaking Greek to me. What can you say that would be helpful in language that <laughs> we can comprehend about other ways to invest your money besides just putting in the bank and IRA?
4: Yeah. So when it comes to investing, there are a variety of different ways. But the key thing that you want to keep in mind is broad diversification. And that basically means that you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. So you want to diversify. You can invest in stocks, which is where you buy, you know, part of a company. You become a part owner in a company. You can invest in in funds, which is an aggregation of different stocks into one fund where you become a part owner of several different companies. So you may hear people talk about index funds, mutual funds. That's an example where they could have an aggregate of different types of companies within the fund. You can invest in bonds, which are essentially an IOU when you make a loan to the government or a corporation. And in return, they pay you interest as they pay you back their loan. And of course, they're the more trendy investments like cryptocurrency, NFTs. And then another investment is investing in business. Whether it's your own business or somebody else's small business, the key there is diversification, understanding your risk tolerance, what's gonna cause you not to sleep well at night, and make sure you do your research. And I know a lot of people feel comfortable keeping their money in bank accounts, but really you wanna put your money to work for you. And in a bank account, it's great for short term savings, it's great for emergency savings. But inflation eats away at your savings in the bank account, right? So prior to the pandemic, the average inflation rate in the U.S. was about 2.5%. And I recently read an article that says as a result of the pandemic, inflation is about 6 to 6.5% right now. And think about the interest rates that banks are giving you, all less than 1% right now. The longer you have that money there, when you think long-term, the less it's worth. So anything that you need, you're thinking about investing for the future long-term, you want to put it to work for you. So stocks, funds, bonds, business, real estate, that's another great way to invest. And real estate is not just about renting property. You could buy farmland, you could buy into uh, resorts, you could buy into commercial property, you could buy, buy into car washes. There's all kinds of real estate diversification ongoing. And then as you said about crypto, you know, it's new, it's highly volatile. When it comes to investing in crypto NFTs, if you struggle with sleeping at night <laughs> and you right. can't afford to lose it, that's it's okay not to do it.
3: I, I think that's really important for people over 50 to consider, like really be, I do know that much, like you have to be careful with what you decide to invest in because We can't afford to be that risky. So we want to be careful with the decisions that we make on what we and how we're going to invest our money. Whereas a younger person, you know, they have a little bit more time and they may be a little bit more willing to take those risks.
1: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States,
3: You were talking about investing in real estate and farmland and, you know, I just want to say that, you know, there, there are a lot of young people that are working and coming into large amounts of money, right? And... It's exciting and it feels good and you want to kind of splurge and take advantage of luxury items and all of that. But I feel like there's a lot of young people out here that are really doing well for themselves. And I just hope that they're getting the proper financial counsel because we have to provide for ourselves. We have to provide for our communities and You know, we have to take on that challenge and responsibility for ourselves. We can't always be looking for somebody else to give us something and creating your own business, real estate. There was an article not too long ago where people, and it was being highlighted in social media, where people were buying farmland because land is money, real estate is money, you know, and those are investments. (laughs) Exactly. Those are investments for the future, investments for your children. So, We got to kind of get
4: past the fancy cars and the diamonds. You know what I mean? I couldn't agree with you more. I'm a firm believer of building wealth, prioritizing. You can have the nice things. You can have the fancy cars. You can have the jewelry. But you want to prioritize building wealth and not just building wealth for yourself, but also Passing on the knowledge that you gain in your community, in your family, and teaching your children the value of a dollar before you just hand them the dollar. That's where that generational wealth building begins, instilling the values and understanding the value of a dollar. You don't have to have a million dollars to transition generational wealth. You can transition generational knowledge to start building that generational wealth. Yeah. And you were also talking about investing in
3: business. Like, for example, if there's a baker who wants to own their own shop later in life or like I really love skating and I wanted to buy a skating rink. And my husband was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And we're not doing that. But (laughs) (laughs) it would have been fun, but he didn't really see that. And he was probably right. He didn't see that as an investment, as something that was going to financially benefit us. And so that's the, the those are the kinds of things that you have to think about when you're investing in a business. Am
4: I right? Yes, you are right. So when you're investing in business, first of all, you have to make sure the numbers work for you. You have to you know you can't just be I want to buy a bakery. What does the bakery what's it going to earn you on average? How much money do you have to put in to start it up? And how much money do you estimate you're going to get from this bakery every month? You're going to need to know your numbers so you can get some clarity. And before you kind of go into delve into this business full time you also want to make sure that you have a backup plan for yourself right start to save money put money aside for your emergencies put money aside to cover your day-to-day bills, so that when you put your full focus on that business you have a window of time a buffer where your bills are taken care of while you focus your energy on getting your business on its feet and getting it to start generating income Another really important thing about owning a business is that just like you have emergency savings or you should have emergency savings for your personal life in case life happens, you also want to start once your business starts making money, a percentage of your profits, 10, 15 percent, start putting it aside to create a buffer for your business because every business has a slow season. You want to meet payroll. You want to be able to make your products and services. You want to continue to market your business. So that way, You've built this buffer of cash so that when things get slow, you can tap into it, especially, you know, when you think about what happened with the pandemic and Black and brown communities being locked out of the PPE loan option, there was no fallback plan. So I'm a huge advocate of businesses having, you know, buffers the same way you create a buffer in your own personal life.
3: I want to speak a little bit because I have a lot of friends who are um, have job opportunities now, like with contract work and freelance work or part time work that is bringing in extra dollars and also speak about entrepreneurship because there are so many entrepreneurs out here. So they don't have access to 401k that's matching, you know, the money that they may be setting aside for themselves. What do they how do they invest or how do they manage those dollars that they're those extra dollars that they're making? It might be as small as 300 extra dollars a month. And they decide, oh, well, I'm just going, this is just my play money. So you have people that, that are just have that kind of extra money or people that are making thousands of dollars because some of these contracts, some of this contract work, is particularly in healthcare, they're making really good dollars. And so how do you manage that money properly so that you really are saving the way you think you want to? Cause it, I mean, I think if I was bringing home that much money, it would be, I would be like, woohoo, you know. And it would be difficult for me to just say, okay, nay, you're doing this for a reason. You're doing this to help plan for your retirement. What is the best way to handle those extra dollars?
4: This is a great question and one I get asked very often. So the first thing you want to do as you're making money, each paycheck, especially if you're contract based, is you want to set money aside to pay your taxes. Because come end of the year, you're going to get that tax bill from Uncle Sam and Uncle Sam doesn't play when it comes to his money. So about 20 to 25% of that income should be put aside separate account to cover your tax obligation. If at the end of the year, You don't owe that much in taxes. That's great. You have extra money to save, to invest, to pursue your goals. The second thing you want to do is to create a budget. And a lot of times when people are working on contract basis, they have an inconsistent income. And so they have low income, low windows of income and high income, high windows of income and you want to determine what is your average what are your average expenses that you have to pay for every month and know that once you have that high window of income you're going to put money aside to be able to cover those monthly expenses when you have that low period of income so you want to know what your average expenses are and create that cash buffer to cover yourself when your income is lower the next thing you want to do is save for retirement and there are Several options that have tax deferred benefits, meaning you don't pay taxes now on that money and your money has the opportunity to grow tax free into the future and you can save for retirement. And they're actually really great plans. So the one we all know about is the individual retirement account, the IRA, and you can open one of those at a brokerage. It allows you to save up to $6,000. However, Depending on how you have structured your business or your freelancing work or your contracting work, there are other investment options like the SEP IRA or the simple IRA or the self-employed 401k that are specific for business owners and self-employed individuals where you can save more money. So, for example, with the SEP IRA, um, you can contribute up to 25% of your up to a maximum of, I believe, $61,000 every year into a retirement account tax-deferred. And if you have employees, you would have to contribute to that for them as well. A simple IRA is for business owners who have less than 100 uh, employees where you can also contribute up to $14,000 in 2022, right? And a self-employed 401k is specific to individuals who are self-employed with no employees other than their spouse. And they can also contribute up to $20,500 tax-deferred in 2022. So there are options For you to save for retirement as a business owner, entrepreneur or self-employed person, you want to make sure that you understand the eligibility requirements. And you can simply do that on the IRS website or talk to an accountant. But don't think that because you don't have an employer offering you a 401k that you cannot save. You absolutely can. And you can actually save more on average than someone who's employed by a company.
3: You know, this even listening to you, Bola, I'm still overwhelmed. I'm still really overwhelmed because it is so much information and I'm feeling like, is it worth investing in a financial advisor to help you kind of figure all of this out? Cause I'm just listening to you. I'm
4: like I'm still like Yeah, so I always tell people, you know, it's always when we talk finances, there's always a lot of information, but pick one place, right? And it could be starting with a financial advisor. And if you're someone who is overwhelmed by all the different plans and terms and you're not sure where to start, a financial advisor, financial planner is a great place to get help with managing your finances, get that professional guidance. But it's important to remember that this is a relationship, right? So you have to be clear on your goals. What do you want to accomplish with your money? You have to be clear on your risk tolerance, right? The financial advisor cannot read your mind. And you want to make sure that they're creating a plan for your hard earned money In a way that it's going to work for you and allow you to sleep well at night so when you're thinking about a financial advisor you definitely want to ask them for their credentials right what qualifies you to be a financial advisor or financial planner how do you typically invest money And make sure it aligns with your risk tolerance. Right. You don't want them taking risks with cryptocurrency if that's not what you're interested in doing and you don't feel comfortable with that. You want to get a sense for their values and their ethics to make sure that they are in line with yours and they're going to put it be putting your money in investments that align with you. You also want to get a sense of their fee structure. What is it going to cost you? Do they charge you a flat fee? Are they going to charge you a percentage based on how much you invest with them? Or are they going to charge you based on commission? And ultimately, when it comes to any financial advisor, financial planner, they should be working in your best interest first and not trying to sell you products and services ahead of that.
3: So what is the best way to even find a financial planner for yourself? Like, do you just go to the bank or are you
4: asking a friend or, you know, how do you find that person? Yeah. So the most popular way of finding a financial planner is through word of mouth, from referrals, friends and family, because they already trust that person. You can certainly walk into your financial establishment and ask to be paired with one, or you can visit a CFP.net, the certified financial planning board that can assign you or showcase to you financial planners in your area. But again, it's a relationship, right? This person is handling your hard earned money. You work really hard for it. So, You can ask them questions. You can do research on this person. You can take your time getting to know them before you hand over your money because you want to feel comfortable with this person who's going to be handling your money for you.
1: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart conversations where people actually start to sound like people in recent weeks i sat with dan levy ava duvernay benny safty and the editor of the new yorker david remnick you can listen to talk easy with sam fragoso on the iheart radio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts i hope to see you there
0: hi there i'm bob Pittman, chairman and ceo of iheart media In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Okay, let's talk a little bit about Social Security because I feel like people don't feel like they can live off of Social Security anymore. I guess back in the day they could, but the cost of living now is so high. First of all, let me say this. Most of my friends and family typically have multiple streams of income. I don't know too many people anymore. Number one, I don't know anybody who can afford to have a wife that stays home with the kids. like yeah. most households both partners are employed and most of my friends that have retired also have taken on second careers because they don't feel like that they can live off of social security so how does
4: saving for retirement affect your social security you know that is is so true my mom is at retirement, my mom is 71 and she gets a Social Security check every month and it's about $600 <laughs> and she can't do she can't do much of anything with that money. So um, it's really important not to rely on Social Security as your plan. I, I continue to hear updates and read updates about how it may not even exist for the younger generation. Right. That may not be available. And so it's important to start saving for yourself. Right. You know second career, second jobs is some sometimes what many people have to do because that Social Security check is not cutting it. And sometimes when people start collecting their Social Security benefits early, so early is when you start collecting, it, I believe, at age 62, you actually get smaller monthly payments than what you would if you waited until your normal retirement age of 65, between 65 to 67. So Social security, you know, back in the day, it was something that was meant to support people into retirement, right? But it's no longer the case. And at this point, it's almost pretty much everyone for themselves. It's $600 that my mom gets, cannot, I mean, can't even pay rent. (laughs) So yeah, we have to prioritize our own retirement savings, our own multiple streams of income, like you said, on just doing what we can to bring money in for ourselves.
3: Yeah, so I guess you have to really pay attention. And the Social Security sends out, you know, your information to you every so often. You just really have to pay attention to when is the best time for you to retire, I guess, because I'm really, it's really frustrating to work all of those years and then not be able to really benefit at all from Social Security? I mean, like you said, $600, who can live off of
4: $600? It's a real challenge. And it's unfortunate, you know, if my mom didn't have, my mom still works, you know, she started a second career as a nurse, as an infant nurse. And so that's how she brings money in addition to whatever she had saved for retirement over the last several years. So was she in healthcare before? No, my mom was not banking. And then in her 50s, she went to nursing school. Oh,
3: okay. Okay. Yes.
4: And took on a second career. Yeah. Yeah. And she
3: loves it, doesn't she?
4: Yeah. I'm a nurse. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. She loves her baby. I know. I know. I love
3: it. I love it. I miss it so much. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. Okay, Bola, thank you so much. This was really um, an interesting conversation. I hope it was helpful for the listeners. now it's time for the segment, Wouldn't You Like to Know? Before you go, Bola, I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. What book are you currently reading?
4: I'm actually about to start a new book that I have here, and it's called His Only Wife. Oh. <laughs> it's a novel by Peace Adzo Medier, so I'm hoping it's a good one. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I have to put that on my list. It's set in West Africa.
3: Yes. All right. What is one positive thing you want to get off your chest?
4: The one thing is encouragement to people to know that it is possible to achieve financial wellness, but it starts with adjusting your mindset first and believing that you can, because that belief will help you take those first steps small actions. And a lot of people feel that those actions are too small to be significant, but they do add up over time. Making the effort to save the small dollars, to invest the small dollars, to learn more about finances, to budget, it all adds up. So really, people, I want you to believe that it is possible to achieve your own financial wellness.
3: Right. And I mean, even if it's as small as five or ten dollars a month, you know, you have to start somewhere. And you really have to make it a priority for yourself. So maybe you have to skip, you know, getting your nails done or, you know, getting your hair done or whatever that may be. But you really have to start investing early because, you know, you're so right. Social security is not going to do it for you. Last but not least, what's a motto that you live by? Always do my best.
4: (laughs) I'm a mom to twins. I'm a business owner. Not every day is a great day, but I do my best. (laughs) There you go.
3: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Bola. Tell people where we can find you on social media.
4: It was such a pleasure. And you can find me at Clever Girl Finance on Instagram, on YouTube, and on Facebook. Thank you, Bola for
3: stopping by positively Gam and talking to us all about saving for retirement. Appreciate you. Thank you. So this is my major takeaway from this episode, is that I know it sounds like a lot of money, and the average person just doesn't have it. The important thing is that you've got to start to save even if it's just a dollar. You've got to start saving and planning because Social Security is not going to do it for you. Now it's time for GAM's Corner, where I answer banned questions from my listeners. Okay, what was your favorite thing about being a nurse? Wow. How about everything? I absolutely loved being a nurse. I miss it so much. I I made that decision kind of late in life. I was like maybe 27 when I went to nursing school, and I was the oldest person in my class. But I just, I loved it. My father was a doctor, my brother-in-law was a doctor, and I used to go to the hospital with my dad when he would make rounds. Now, he couldn't take me, you know, of course, into the patient's rooms or anything like that. But I just, I liked being in that atmosphere that back in the day at Provident Hospital, they had an operator and I would sit with the operator, the telephone operator while my dad made his rounds. And I just, it's kind of in my blood. And I just enjoy healthcare and everything medical. And we are a family of service. So everybody in my family, it has a role that is in service to the community some way. And this was my way. And just health and healing is just something that I loved. And I chose a specialty: women's health that was important to me and it was basically a happy place I was a mother baby nurse and bringing uh, life into the world and uh, participating in that just brought me so much joy and I truly miss it the second question is if you could trade lives with someone for a day who would it be Okay, so this is what I'm going to say about that. You never know what's really going on behind closed doors. You never know the challenges that other people have to deal with. So I am grateful for the life that I have and the life that I live. So I choose to stay in my own seat. Today was a great episode. I appreciate you guys so much. You can submit your questions to PositivelyGam at RedTableTalk.com for a chance to hear me read them on my next episode. And that's our show for this week of Positively Gam. You can follow me online at GammyNars and now on TikTok at GammyNars. Also help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and by hitting the follow button on iHeartRadio. Stay grateful, y'all. Positively Gam is produced by Red Table Talk Podcast and iHeartRadio. Executive producers are Adrian Banfield naris Valen Jethro, and Jada Pinkett Smith. Our audio engineer is Calvin Bailiff, and our associate producer is Irene Bischoffberger. Our theme song is produced by D.B.